On this episode, we are so excited to share an interview with Karin Veer Singh, who is a film editor, public speaker, and an AAC user. I asked him to reflect on his experience and share any insights that might help other AAC users, families, educators, and community members make this world a more inclusive place. Welcome to All Means All. I'm Carolyn O'Hearn. And I'm Sarah Perglosi. We are two inclusive education enthusiasts striving to shift mindsets, challenge the status quo, and open more doors for all students in all settings, all of the time. So can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing these days? Who are you? My name is Carl. Veer Singh, also known as Handsome Majad, and I'm excited to join this podcast today. I love to see a smile. I have one that never goes off my face. I love to watch people do random stuff, then laugh at them when they can't get things done the right way. 95% of my personality is my smile and my happy mood. I'm a film editor, public speaker, and consultant. Central Washington University hired me as a public speaker and consultant, and I love working with students with disabilities because I feel connected to them. I edited about 75 videos for my mom, brother, my teacher Mr. Pruno, and companies like Google, Kobe Dynavox, etc. Plus, I'm a risk taker because I enjoy the thrill of taking risk. I'm always happy. I'm excited for our, our listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. Okay. What does inclusion mean to you? I went to normal classes when I was in school. It means being treated like everyone else, not just being let into the same spaces. We have to treat everyone equally because everyone has feelings and we have to educate people about people with disabilities. For example, some people act weird around people with disabilities, and I have experience with this problem. One time, one of our family friends came over, and she talked to me like I was a newborn baby, and I got mad at her. I had to calm myself down. That time... I didn't have my AAC device. And so you said that you didn't have your AAC device. So how did you educate her? What did that look like? It was hard to educate her because I didn't have my AAC device. Carolyn and I always are talking about making sure that we have access to AAC everywhere. Have you found as you've gotten older that, that you're more careful or cautious to make sure it's with you? Always. I have my AAC device with me. So you just told us about a time that was really frustrating. And we always say once we know better, we do better. A huge part mm -hmm. of why we've started this podcast is to help people know better. And part of that is hearing, hearing other people's perspectives. 
that's important to educate people. It's so different to hear, you know, a speech therapist or a teacher get up and talk about inclusion, mm-hmm. but it's different when you hear from different perspectives. <laughs> Thank you for sharing yours because you've got a captive audience right here. My pleasure. You just talked about a time that was really frustrating. Can you tell us about a time that you really felt included? I felt included in my community when I got my own voice. People started noticing me even more because I was using the eye gaze system to communicate with the world. I am a person with disabilities who wants to share a unique perspective with people. How have you seen your community change? They just talk with me now. That's awesome. So you shared about a time that you felt included and, and how finding your voice has helped you become more included and in your community. Can you tell us about a time where you didn't feel included and maybe what could have been different? I can remember times that I wasn't included between 2014 and 2016. I was at a few parties where I wasn't included because people didn't talk with me. And also, I didn't have my AAC device, a.k.a. my voice. If I had my voice in those moments, it could have changed everything because I would have been able to talk with them rather than be ignored. And probably I could have asked a girl out. (laughs) But... I don't have any regrets. It's God's plan. I found out that my voice is extremely important because I can say what I want and I can share my perspective on things. I'm extremely glad I found my voice. Hmm. So you keep talking about finding your voice. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? How old were you? Kind of what did that look like? I was 19 years old when I got my eye gaze system. How did you communicate before 19? By my facial expressions. How did you advocate or how did your family or your friends advocate for you to find your voice at 19? I told my parents that I wanted to go to school in 2014. So what were you up to before 2014? (laughs) I was using my phone with my nose. (laughs) I got my first phase in 2012. Phone. 2012, you got a phone. When you don't have your AAC device with you or your phone and people want to talk or there's something you want to share, how does that feel? Horrible. (laughs) So is there any advice you'd give to teachers or families or educators who who are kind of holding back, who are looking for students to show that they're quote unquote ready 
for communication or robust communication? Believe in their students and also please be patient. Is there anything else that you wish teachers knew about how to support you as you were growing up? Yeah. I needed help with reading, but not math, because math is easier for me. I wanted to complete my homework by myself, and I didn't want help. I learned how to read properly when I was at Highline College. Reading became easier because we had to read every single day in school. Gaining reading skills created new possibilities for me. They should have taught me how to read and spell properly because I wanted to read books like Harry Potter by myself. I wanted to write poems and short stories as well. But I can't blame them because we didn't have high-tech technology back then. Reading and writing has so much power. So we talked about what we would want our teachers to know. What about friends, your peers growing up? What, what do you wish they knew about you? I wish they could have acted normal, not weird. But my parents and my brother act normal because they know what I can do. However, one of my cousins... He was thinking I couldn't understand anything because I couldn't speak with him. When I got my voice, then he understood that I can understand everything. I laughed at him and he was surprised when I spoke to him. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't see the potential and they just make unfair assumptions. Just starting to judge. So when we first started, you talked a lot about educating other people. So tell me a little bit about what do you do to kind of get your voice out there to educate others and to really shift mindsets? I do that with my speeches. So what if people are listening and they're like, hey, we want to hear more of what he has to say. How do people get a hold of you? My email address is handsomejat96 at gmail.com. I am going to throw it in the show notes too, just in case people want to be able to click it and send an email. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? I like to help people without expecting anything from them in return. I think karma will come back to us automatically, no matter what happens. I don't like it when people judge me without any reason, and I love to prove them wrong because I can laugh at people who are judging me and I enjoy that. I'm honest with my jobs and I do what I say. I believe in hard work, not free money, because I enjoy buying something with my own money. I never learned how to give up. And I don't want to learn that. Everyone shouldn't give up. Go for it and don't look back. I think everyone has to enjoy their life because we have one life and we have to be true to ourselves. We have to become better versions of ourselves.